makes me feel so good. God. <laughs> All right, howdy, and uh, welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast, and uh, hopefully everybody has finally thawed out a little bit. <laughs> We're kind of getting there. Uh, but this is Rob White fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2014. And this is Roy May fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2015. And uh, today is the baseball preview episode. We've been long awaiting this. It has been a very, very, very long time since the end of baseball. It feels it's like. been a very long time since Saturday. It has been a very long time. Let's just just leave it at that. Well, I got to be honest. All the weather, you were starting to really wonder, you know, because some of the early projections, you were starting to wonder if there was going to be baseball played anywhere in the state of Texas. Oh, I know. And it was just kind of wild following along with the forecast. You just everything was like moving forward, then it would get bumped back, and it was ended up being more severe than they had anticipated. So it's just everything that could have gone wrong, it seemed to go wrong, and yet we are still only delayed by a day. Yeah, and it turns out you look around and you know we're looking. I'm looking out the window right now, and and we were just sitting out front a little bit earlier talking about it. Like it's, I mean, it's what 40, 40 degrees outside. Was it thirty four something like that? And it feels like it's sixty just because how it's felt the last four days. It feels fantastic outside right now, and everything's starting. And to everything's melt melting. Off. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's melting. that's big too because I, I have to drive up to Fort Worth tomorrow. Yeah. So. I would thoroughly appreciate not doing it on a Zamboni. Well, we were originally going to have to go uh, to Tyler uh, today, but that ended up getting uh, postponed uh, for a show. So we'll end up having to do that in March, but we'll get into that later. But, yeah, now uh, this particular podcast, uh, for those of you who are not aware, um, and at this point if you've followed along with us long enough, you know, I'm a big Aggie baseball guy. It's my baby. It's been my sport basically on campus Hard to say since I got there because I really wasn't as plugged in my freshman year, but every year after that, it just got stronger and stronger to the point that you, you know, you go to the games. It's just that is a season of life, it seems. It's like you go through, you know, you have your football season, which is your fall. Then you have this kind of dead period, which is basketball, and you're trying to follow along with EPL and other fun things. And then, like, for me, it flips of the switch about a month out from baseball. And then from that point on, it's just baseball, 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 all the way up through June. And so we have finally hit that point in the year, and it's a big deal for us. But it's going to be a rather interesting season, I think. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of additional factors thrown in there. Well, I mean, you talk about interesting season. I mean, just thinking outside of the conference and outside really – I want to say outside of the Big Five, but I guess you got to include Big Ten in this. You know, there's a lot of conferences that are still – Scared to do stuff. Um, you know, the Ivy League came out well, yesterday, the day before, said, yeah. like, they're not even playing conference games. You have to play people local. Um, right. The Big Ten, have they still opted out of non-conference? Uh, last I heard, they were just playing conference. So, catch this. So, they're not even. So they're not going to play non-conference. But they're still willing to travel to Texas to play in a tournament against each other in Texas. Which makes about as much sense as anything. Well, it makes about as much sense as every other decision the Big Ten has made. Right, you know, and they're such they're such a trash conference. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy. <laughs> what yeah. happens? Hey, Big Twelve, them? you might get let off the hook here pretty soon if the Big Ten keeps up with their shenanigans. It's it's been absolutely wild. The entire situation's just been absolutely. Because I'd say worse than the Power Five, but really it's the Power Four. Because does anybody even consider the Pac twelve a legitimate conference anymore? Well, it's it's hard to say because you I mean you look at how not plugged in when it comes to really most sports they are I mean you've got decent 
teams across virtually all the leagues, but at the same time, it's just they're just that far out. They're an after an afterthought. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason it's Pac-12 after dark, right? But, but that's like the fun part of, about college football is you can get up in the morning, depending on where you live. Yeah. You know, at seven in the morning, you can start watching stuff. You know, pregame shows, and if you watch all the way through to Pac-12, you literally can spend you know twenty twenty through you know twenty two hours of your day watching something football related. Right, but. You know, and I, obviously everything was different this year, and, and, and sure. so, you know, how conferences play and games getting moved and rescheduled and canceled and blah blah blah. Right. And what's funny is all it, all it's done is just put even more focus on, you know, the conference that everybody else complains gets too much highlight, anyways. But if you sure. look back, we've clearly done it the right way because you look at all the sports that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we've got going. Yeah, and, and I know that we've had some issues with basketball and. That was to be expected. Um, oh yeah, and, you know, and, and I'm not sure if you saw it today, but A&M's men's uh, game against Arkansas got postponed. So yeah, I mean the hiccups are expected to occur. They haven't played a basketball game in about a month. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was, yeah, was it like right after Christmas? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the men's basketball break. I'm not sure really what's going on, but um, you know maybe they could use the time to regroup. Yeah. Not a shot, but it couldn't hurt. No, it can't hurt. But um. But yeah, but but again, but then you look at you know it's clearly not a school thing; it's a very specific program thing because our sure. women's team hasn't had any issues. No, you know, in fact, when they had a, a game canceled, not because of them, they went out and sought out to play another, you know, find somebody else to play. Right. Which for a while was banging them in the rankings, which is unreal that you would volunteer to play another game. Right. But, uh, but anyways, it's about baseball though, and right. and and really what you're looking at is you're looking at us, the ACC, and then you have to wonder: can you really give a lot of credence to the Big Ten this year? Yeah, it's it's tough to say. The Big Ten's always got some solid teams. I mean, you've got Michigan, who's been really good the last several years. You've got Indiana. But it's really tough that you're not playing any sort of out-of-conference or really anything that's going to kind of weigh what you do look like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So are yeah. we going to see, you know, are we going to see, unlike we did in football, are we going to see, you know, the postseason people for baseball decide to step up and say, well, you know what? You know, you chose you chose to have that. You chose to do that. Right. So maybe the people that do the postseason for baseball will say, hey, you know, sorry, this is, this is unfortunately you're in the conference that decided to do this. Sure. So, you know, maybe – Maybe the people that decide, you know, all the the postseason you know, rankings for for baseball and the and the selection show stuff, you know, maybe they are going to punish them a little bit, and and I think that'll be interesting to see, considering they're going to have no measuring sticks outside of conference. Well, and on top of that, you know, you happen to mention the Ivy League. Not only are they not playing any postseason at all, which at this point they've confirmed that. Right. So that just opens up it's another bid. I'm about to say it opens up another bid. So you're going to see. Some and it's just teams. one. There was never multiple. I you know. No, but you're going to see a lot of teams that I mean. It's honestly this year reminds me a lot of what we've seen in basketball so far. I have a very strong feeling that a lot of the quote unquote traditional powers that everybody expects to be there, there's going to be a lot of freaky, funky things that are going to happen. And a bunch of people that are not supposed to be in the postseason will be there. And we very well could be at a point where we could see 12, 13 SEC teams in. According to what some projections are showing. Well, and what we're going to see, though, is is and at the end of it, and we saw that tiny little shred of it with football, even though there's only four teams. Right. But you'll see it, and I think we'll see it again in March Madness when that occurs. Mm-hmm. The best teams are going to end up rising to the top, and they're going to be the, you know, the best teams that we think are going to be the best teams are going to be the pool from which the, the champion comes. Sure. Honestly, it's you know, baseball can be a little bit more fickle. Um, uh, you know, in basketball, you get really hot with one shooter, and, and you never know, but the reality is – 
you know, the Gonzagas of the world are going <laughs> to, are, are normally going to be the, you know. Oh, sure. So, so I think what you'll end up seeing is even though the postseason picture, um, once it becomes like 100% clear and selection show is done, yeah. uh, we'll see some real crazy names in there. I think by the time we get to Omaha, we're not going to have a whole lot of surprise. Probably not. So it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. But I did kind of want to touch on a handful of different things for this cast. I think we want to kind of look at Texas A&M's schedule as a whole and really just the SEC as it stands. Because, as you know, a lot of preseason selections have come out. And across the board, it seems to be there's a, a number of different consistent, you know, like a bunch of different um, things that people have been saying about what the lineup's going to look like. Right. It almost seems like there's different tiers of teams this year. Um, and I can certainly pull that up here. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I know that we're, you know, really probably the one that I pay attention to the most predict has to be la- second to last in the West. I've seen that. But, that yeah. but that's not exactly an indictment when you think about who plays in the West. No. And they also, you know, also has this as being a regional team, um, you know, so mm-hmm. making the playoffs. But, uh, you know, if this team is going to be good, it's going to have to be because we're coming in as a sleeper. Because I think, I think yeah. all the projections are um, – um, I, I think they're kind of bang on. I, I do. The, I do. Um, I think we'll be good. Uh, I think everybody in SEC West is ridiculously good. Yeah. So our conference standing going to be that great. We'll end up in the playoffs, and then it just kind of depends on where you get seated. Right. So really, it kind of depends on when you're going through your schedule. You know, where can you scratch out big games? Right. And and, and the and the the series wins that you have to have. You know, you, you'd love to. You know, just week after week, roll a series sweep, but that's just not how it works in the SEC anymore. It's, it's there's there's so much more parity in the game. Right. But I think you got to win the series that you got to win, and right. there's there's no dropping a series. You, you just to, to a team that you have to beat, and, and that's sure. all that comes to it. You know, win win against mm-hmm. the people that are around you, talent wise, sure. and then find a way to scratch out. You know, maybe two series wins this season that you don't expect to win. Right, and the thing is, you look at a lot of the series we uh, that. Or I say series. You look at the teams. And in most projections, you do see Texas A&M fall anywhere between five and about seven yeah. in the West right now. Um, SEC coaches have us a little bit higher. But, I mean, we're just kind of in the thick of it amongst Alabama and Auburn, it seems. Um, in most cases, you are seeing Arkansas right in about in the middle, uh, kind of trading spots with LSU. Then it's Mississippi and Ole Miss, typically at the top. Um, oh, like Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Uh, so it will be really interesting to see – how the West pans out. I think it's pretty well set who's going to end up winning the East. Most people have Florida rolling, and it's hard to say that they're not considering what talent they brought back. No, yeah, no. I, I, I mean, Florida's one of those teams you're, you're already expecting to um, you know, host a Super end up in Omaha. Sure. I, the Florida's just that good. Right. So, I mean, and so I kind of wanted to dip our toes in a little bit, just kind of looking at our schedule. And, you know, it's obviously tough to gauge some of the early season stuff because the teams will be playing. But, you know, obviously we're kicking things off with Xavier this weekend. Uh, and as opposed to playing on a Friday, Saturday like normal, uh, we're doing a doubleheader on Saturday uh, against them. Um, probably safe to say that'll be a, a sweep or a two or three. I have no idea. But, I, 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 <laughs> what I know of Xavier has nothing to do with their ba- with their baseball program. Right. So, and, and you know what, though? Coming out of this weather, opening sure. weekend, like this could be one where we donk one and end up having 2-1 against a, a, sure. somebody we brought in and – uh, it's just this is one where you'd love to see a sweep, but right. if you get a series win, but you see the right things, I think you can be just as happy. You Always. know, op- opening weekend. Right. Um, and then we got a. Where are we going? 
So the next weekend after that, we're going to be doing Round Rock, and that's going to be our first real Round test. Round Rock, that's right. So our three games uh, we currently have set, we're going to end up playing against Baylor, Oklahoma, and a non-conference game with Auburn. Right, yeah, don't count the standings, right. All right. So that will be a very interesting weekend. Uh, Baylor is always a tough opponent. Oklahoma's had a resurgence. Yeah, that, that, should, that's, that should be a fun little tournament out yeah. there, to be honest. Those, those aren't like bringing in a schlep here or there. That's, um, no. you know, those are three quality baseball games. Right. Yeah, I, think, I think you'll glean a lot from that, to be honest. I agree. Because you've got what? We play Xavier, then we got a midweek game or two midweek games. Yeah, so we'll play Abilene and Christian and Tarleton. So you'll, have, so you'll have five games under your belt before you go to Round Rock. Yeah. So I, I, you can't take too much away from Round Rock, but you also can't completely blow it off as just a Round Rock tourney. Like, no. if, if we're going to see anything, we'll at least see glimpses of it in Round Rock. Right. Round Rock's going to be kind of our test. I mean, because I think if you look at the big question marks on our roster this year that people are really starting to you know, kind of hang – it's not so much in the bats because we did see the bats. I think it's kinda, pitching. It's most definitely pitching. And it's not that we don't have good pitchers. It's we have a depth, elite th- yeah, pitchers. There's a, yeah, <laughs> and, we, and we've got really good pitchers. The problem is, yeah. I, and I think there's a depth um, concern. Sure, maybe it's a nice way to put it. Whereas, like you said, when we had you know who we have on the roster right now, we had last year when we also had two dudes that ended up in the pros. Right, and so my thing, and and I know a lot of people like to talk about this, and if you look at any of the polls. And anybody else that's saying, well, well, Texas A&M could be this. In almost all cases, it's dealing with the pitching. Now, we know Rob Childress lives and dies by pitching in most cases. Um, he and that's is, what he cut his teeth doing. He better exactly. be good at it yeah, at this point. Exactly. So, the, I mean, the main thing here is, like, you've brought back a lot of experience in terms of the bats. But, you know, you have Bryce Miller coming in, taking in Ace Lacey's spot. Well, yeah, Bryce has got to be your ace. I mean, yeah. you're, talking about a, you're talking about a guy that, you know, that can bump up to 96 you yeah. know, when he needs to. Um, so it's got to be it's got to be Miller. Um, or I, I don't know, man. You got Weber, you got Childers, you got Signs, you got um, – Well, and then, well, Jonathan Childers, who, mind you, um, he looked real solid when he was coming out, but then he had that early injury and then really didn't get a chance to show it off in 20. So, I mean, you've got – like I said, it's just there's so many different names that could become that guy this yeah, year. Yeah, and, and we'll see the classic Childress, you know, uh, early in the season. And that's not just Childress, but really trying to figure out who your good weekend guys are. Yeah. Because personally, I like Weber being on the weekend. Yeah. He's a lefty. He's a four-pitch guy. Um, so, but I think you'll see that rotation. You know, Tuesday's always like the tryout night, you know, sure. when you have those midweek games. But, you know, obviously Miller is, is, is your ace. And, but, again, we talk about depth. You know, you had Lacey, mm-hmm. then you had Roa. Yeah, we were both. You, know, so you had a one-two yeah. punch. And, yeah, this ain't softball. You need more than one ace. Yeah. You really do. Um, so it's, uh, you know, whether or not that turns into two aces and Sunday's just committee games every week or right. or until he finally pins somebody down. So I, I think the pitching isn't a concern from quality um, because – and experience is there. They have experience. But the other thing you wonder about is a lot of these guys have it, don't have the um, – almost workhorse experience. You know, a lot of these guys right. haven't shown that they can go a season as a one or two. Right, and, and that's and that's more or less where I'm at. It's like you don't have that guy that has been on that mound in these positions for long periods of time. For a season. For a season, yeah. exactly. Because you can't glean anything from the shortened. No, anything. absolutely Nothing. not. And the Nothing. thing is, I, I trust all these guys. I think they're all great pitchers, everything I've seen about them. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they work in Trevor Werner. I know they're showing him in a closer spot, but he also bats. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he's incorporated. Um, there's just so many different factors 
of why I find it hard to really place where we're going to be. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I being sixth in the West would not shock me in the slightest. No. It, it really wouldn't. Um, but again, like I said, that doesn't make you a bad baseball team. No, it's just you you're know, in, a, in the SEC yeah, yeah, you're West. In SEC West. <laughs> so, um, it's. It's going to be tough. I think you've got some young bats and some speed out there. They're going to be fun to watch. Right. Um, but I think you need guys, uh, um, you know, the veteran presence in the field and, mm-hmm. the, and the veteran bats. Right. You know, um, can Will Frizzell stay healthy? Yeah. You know, that's a big question. Um, exactly. Not that, not that I don't, yeah, he's not like a, goes out and gets dinged up every other day kind of thing, but it's. I mean, we missed his bat when he was gone, and when he came back, it took him a long time to get back yeah. in the no pun intended swing of things. Sure. I mean, it was just bad, rolling over on stuff, dipping his shoulder, and, and just driving yeah. stuff too high. Um, he's well, too high. He's too high. He's too high. Uh, yeah. Who gives a crap? He's gone. But it's, um, <laughs> but so it, and you know, this is going to be one of those things where I know we've got a lot of young talent. We have that, uh, what, the two transfer kids, one from the Southland Conference and another kid. Um, yeah, we can pull them up. I mean, you look at some of the. We got Logan Britt, who's, yeah. who's a fish. Right. And then, um, uh, who's that Who's that stinking transfer? Oh, no, ta- the Taylor Smith from Incarnate Word. Yeah, that's right. Southland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I think you've got some exciting bats that we got to see about that much of last year because right. we played like 10, 13 games, something sure. like that. So, I think I think the offense can be there. Right. Um, and I'll tell you right now, I will take outscoring teams over outpitching them all day. Because this is college baseball. Well, well it's college baseball. <laughs> and, and on top of that, honestly, with Chad Kaye coming in, we did see it. We saw early in the season, whereas you know previous seasons under you know under different circumstances, we were sitting here beating teams in the midweek five to two, maybe six to two. Yeah. And, and then we were beating people. By 15 and 16 runs, we actually looked like we had some good bats going. Um, granted, we've taken a little bit of a hit. You know, Zach Deloach goes off, and that was, you know, I don't blame him one little bit. No, no, but outside of Deloach, like, I mean, what's not there? Right. I mean, yeah, that, and, that, and that's really a, a question that's nice sure. to answer because you're like, I mean, well, outside of Deloach's bat, really, what bat did we lose? Well, we really didn't we lose didn't. much. We didn't. I mean, really, outside of Deloach. And, and, um, and, you know, not to take anything away from Zach because he's no. a phenomenal Incredible talent, player. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's getting paid to play baseball, so he's better at that than I am at this, <laughs> okay. right? But, uh, but, uh, but, but there's you know there's talent back there, and, yeah. and in college, so much more than the pros, because you know college is the time for this to occur. Right, is is when you know the the right guy, you know, as the hitting coach, you know, the right guy back there pulling the trigger, and not just on the swings, but on the mentality of the approach. And I think that was one thing that gets frustrating from time to time. Sure. Um, was seeing just over the past kind of few years and it was sometimes it was it just seemed like it was a full-blown approach to it right that was frustrating to watch the plate and then sometimes I think it was uh the fact that there didn't seem to be any sort of continuity of approach at the plate you know sure. with our batters and, and I think I think it just got to, well I mean it apparently frustrated enough people because we you know some we have somebody else you know pulling the strings but I think yeah. so, so much of hitting um, especially at, at this level in this age, is instilling the mental on top of the physical. These guys have the physical tools, but they can still be you know, honed and they can get a lot better physical. Yeah. You know, the eye acuity, the, everything, you know, the swing playing, the, you know, whatever they're, they're trying to adjust and click, you know, the little right. minor stuff and tweak with these guys, each individual. But the, the mentality approach, yeah. you know, the, the mental approach uh, when you're at the plate is something that is – just as important as teaching somebody how to swing the bat level, right. if not more important, because there's right. instills confidence. So, and like you said, we started to see a little bit of it. Now, small sample size, 
do we take that and say, yeah, that's, you know, maybe not exactly how we'll be, but we expect to be really good? Or do we say, okay, you know, let's just flush that. Right. You know, he gets a whole new fresh go at it. And again, you know, what bat are we missing other than Deloach? And again, like, we're sitting here talking very positively about a baseball team that we think isn't going to be bad, but that doesn't mean they're not going to finish sixth in the West. Right. It's like, and, that's, and that's the problem. <laughs> like, that is the absolute issue of what is this big, you know, SEC arms race that it is. I mean, you see it across the board. You see it from a talent standpoint. You see it from a coaching standpoint. You see it from a facility standpoint. Yeah, I think I mean, you got that in the wrong order. Well, but, 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 you <laughs> the know. The facilities arms race. Well, and the right. facilities arms race is what gives these coaches the ability to bring in the talent. Oh, yeah. And so that's why you see the players from all over the country are now. You know, instead of the people out West End with the Cal State Fullertons and UCLA's sure. and, the, and the Irvines and, you know, just all of it, the entire UC, you know, Yep. System, yeah, system, phenomenal programs, yeah. and the reason you don't see, you know, certain people staying, the SEC has shown just like they did in football, and really what they're starting to show in every sport, right. that we really take it seriously. Yeah. So if you really want to get to the next <laughs> level, and you're going to get to the point where you'll start to see, you know, SEC network and and the SEC Twitter account and all stuff tweeting out about sure. how many, you know, how many draft picks from baseball came from the SEC, you know. You know, in comparison to other people. And, and you've seen that, and that's one thing I will give the MLB a lot of credit for, is if you look at within the last several years, they understand the value of college baseball now. And we are starting to see an increase in percentage of kids that are being drafted as opposed to just coming straight out of high school or being pulled in from elsewhere um, outside of the country. And you saw that um, you know, at Omaha, not last year, but the year before, they had an MLB, you know, the MLB game in Omaha – Mm-hmm. the day before they've been kicked off because they recognize the value of what college well, the, baseball is now. They're, they're starting to figure out that yeah. they're like, well, one, because MLB has started for fans. Like, they need to start pulling college fans over big time. They do. Um, like, I, like, I grew up playing baseball, and MLB is just – out of the major sports, it may be the worst relative to generating a new fan base. Well, I mean, and, and you see it year in and year. And I think it really comes down to season length in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And it comes down to just, I mean, where's the excitement factor there? See, I think, I think it's stubbornness. And I think the yeah. stubbornness is what keeps the excitement from being there. Like, <clears throat> we are here in 2021, and we are still, to this day, arguing. And, and I remember this argument from my first days in baseball. Yeah. We're still arguing and having this little pissing match about the DH. Yeah. Like, bro, I'm, I'm 41. Okay, so you're talking, that's like 35 years of my memory right. that we still haven't figured out how to not throw stuff at each other at the dinner table when we bring up the DH. Right. So it's, that's how quickly baseball moves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, let's not go off on an MLB tangent. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, it's, okay. It's so <laughs> got a whole thing about talking about. And I, and I love baseball. And, Me and too. I, and and it's, it's like a job to be a, a, an MLB fan. Yeah. It really is. Because you're, you're clocking in like, 162 nights a year, man. Right, 162 nights a year. It starts in March and it ends at like Christmas is what it feels like. Yeah, it just it takes forever to get through the season and it is grueling. And so meanwhile, college baseball, you know, you're talking about a set bit of time. You go mid-February to June, you know, and yeah, that's a decent amount of time, but you've built in tournaments and you have things that are keeping things exciting. And, you know, you're talking, you know, you got your big weekend series and they matter a ton your midweeks, you know, those are important to continue your development, but it at least structures and makes things exciting. 
And that's one of the reasons why we obviously love college baseball. Right? Well, yeah. and I'll be honest, one of the things I actually enjoy is when you get to the point of the season where the midweek games stop. Yeah. Because then there's almost more emph- emph- emphasis and buildup for the weekend series. Right. You know, so it's like an excitement thing for the fans. You've got this series coming up. You have all week to talk about it, just like college football. Right. You have all week to analyze it and break it apart. And, and, and you can analyze a little bit more because there are three games that are going to occur. You know, and, and you know how important these games are. And baseball, it's just like, bro, it's Monday night. Sweet. Cincinnati is playing in freaking Tampa. Right. You know, like, whoopity flipping do. Right. So, so but, yeah, yeah. So the, the excitement's there. And, and I don't want this to be like a wet blanket coming for me relative to this team. I just think that you better be prepared for us not to finish very high in the standings, not because we suck. Because we right. don't. So the big players, and I forgot about this one. I had to look. Uh, yeah. I had to look it up. And and shout out to to, to Kendall Rogers on D one baseball. I go. I get a lot of my stuff from him. Yeah. Um, we tried to get him on, but this is obviously a moderately busy. busy. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. busy. <laughs> yeah. I think with Kendall in college baseball, it's basically just busy all year long. Um, oh yeah. But uh, so uh, the other one I want to talk about was the freshman Kalei Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. So um, younger brother of uh, or uh, former Oregon State player KJ Harrison. Yeah. So they've talked about him at shortstop. Um, he's a six-seven runner, uh, and they're talking about this kid maybe winning awards by the time he leaves A and M. So there's uh, there's a lot of excitement around right. this kid, uh, and he's a freshman. And then again, we said you know Logan Britt and uh, and the kid uh, from the South, uh, Taylor Smith, yeah, from yeah. Incarnate Word. So, so those are those are three like, see, those are three to really kind of focus in on is right. not just new names and you know maybe they got a great walk up song, but like legitimate. Um, contributors sure. and, and you're also talking about offensive like with the bat but also with the speed and yeah and one thing I love more than anything is a team that moves on the base pass yeah and I think it's very clear that the reason you look at the standings and maybe the reason we're not as high as we are once again it just comes down to us unproven and that's okay I don't have a problem with us being unproven right now Granted, that leads to a lot of message board and Twitter discussion about why Rob Childress needs to get canned. But you know my stance on that. I'm not one of those. I'm not one of these kick Childress out kind of guys. I think he's a good coach, and he's shown that he is willing to make the change because he went and got you know went and hired somebody that's outside of his wheelhouse. You know he has been very true to his coaching tree and his Nebraska ties, and that's something that's been very important to him. But we have now seen and him. And he's kept us where we've been. Right. And he has gotten us, he went out and got a new coach in hopes of getting us to that next level. It's going to be interesting <clears throat> to see what happens. And well, it's also going to be interesting to see how much, I mean, honestly, how much leeway he's got. Yeah. Um, because there does come a point where you're like, okay, well, now you went outside your sphere. It still didn't work. The, the one constant, right. you know, players change. You've made all the coaching changes. The one constant. And, and it's not like we're a terrible program, but people no. expect more here. They do. I mean, you know, 80, it's, it's been since 89. Like, because 89, like, greatest team, you know, history of A&M, right? Sure. That was yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah. And we've kind of come close to that. I will say one thing that's really interesting. You mentioned 89. This year, honestly, reflects a lot of similar situations to that from a roster standpoint. Uh, from the start of the season standpoint, we had we were delayed that season thanks to a snowstorm. Please tell, <laughs> if we, dude, if we have a Byington on the squad, that I'm not worried that, at that, all. That right. I'm gonna say if we end up having a Byington on the team, we had a big bad John. Yeah. So, um, but it goes back to something like I said. It's this is something that a lot of people always just we always tend to forget about. But Texas A&M under the Childress era, especially lately, has tend to outperform season expectations when we don't have them. 
You know, a lot of people coming into the season don't expect much of Texas A&M. And so I think there's a very real possibility, thanks to this unproven talent and potentially you know, developed pitching as the season goes, this team will be a force to be reckoned with by the end. Well, potentially. Well, but then, and, and here I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be devil's advocate for the Go people for listening that are on the other side of this. Well, in the years that we were expected to do a lot and we didn't, he has to own those years too. I agree. So, so it has to be both. And the, like, I'm not, uh, I'm not a. Very rarely am I the kind of guy that will ever like beat a drum to fire a coach. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, especially they but it, unless it's just, you know, obvious. It's time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just time. But and, and you, man, the, the sand in Rob's hourglass is getting real low. It is, and you would expect him. Coaching changes or not, he's done flipping it. Well, and the thing is, you. One of my questions, and this is something I will ask you because I'm curious what your expectations are. What is your expectation for the Texas A and M baseball program year in and year out? What is like the the floor? The floor, well, the floor is the absolute floor is going to a regional, but okay. I think that's I think that's an incredibly low bar to set. I'm about to say, where where's your bar? Where would you want it to be? Where are we at every season? For me, it's in a super like it's making it to a super. So winning a sure. regional, whether it's yours or not, right? Winning a regional probably. Man, I don't know, three or four out of five times, like at a at a, a pretty high percentage clip, sure. you're getting out of a regional, right? And then getting in Omaha, I expect that multiple times a decade, like not just two, probably like three, maybe even four, depending. Sure. Because again, you look at the powerhouses in baseball, and it's the same in every sport. Those who are good stay good. Yeah. Um, there, but, there but is a gap there. There's a gap, but but it's because when we've gotten Omaha, we've done nothing with it. Right. And, and that's a problem. Do you remember the last time we won a game in Omaha? Uh, it was before Rob. It was 1993. We beat Kansas. Yeah, that was, uh, what, Rob Johnson? No, that was Mark Johnson. Yeah. Mark, excuse me, Mark yeah. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a minute ago. So, the thing a is. Minute ago, a, a minute, minute ago. A minute ago. Bro, I was in high school. I was say, a minute ago. <laughs> so, but, like, get, get to the point. So, like, I look at Texas A&M as a program, and what my expectation is, I like to see us minimum in supers every year i would like to see us at a point where we are hosting those supers i think we're looking at maybe once again as you said about three or four omaha trips a decade i think that's completely fair and i think that's fair based on where we're located the type of recruits that are around us the lineage of the baseball program i mean that's the crazy part about this program you look at texas a&m's baseball program and it has everything to suggest that this program should have Everything's top-notch with the record. I'm about to say three or four national titles under it, and they're just not there. And, I mean, mean, like Texas has as many college World Series championships as we have had trips to Omaha. And that right there is the problem. Well, and and you go back, and and obviously, you know, a lot of – Good program over in Austin. No, yeah, no duh. But going back to what we were talking about, you know, the main things, the players, the coaches, and the facilities. We've shown we're willing to dump money into facilities. Right. So at some point, and I'm telling you, that point's going to – for anybody that just says there's no way, any reason in hell that Rob Childers should be fired, realize that the end of the tracks is coming real soon. Sure. And if he doesn't start making hay and, and adding more tracks and you know putting down posts and studs sure. and more rail, he's going to run out of tracks on his choo-choo, all right? right? Because at some point, the money we spend on facilities and like that statistic you just get, right. there are probably – a ton of old eggs that can cite that straight off the top of their head problem. no problem oh yeah and and you look around and and you know it's if you want to be a big boy you got to play with the big boys man did we do that ever by moving the sec baseball right and and i will say 
with the Texas A&M program, and it, honestly, you look at what baseball was before we joined the league. It was all it was already good with LSU in there. Arkansas was always solid, but Mississippi State too. And Ole Miss was always kind of middle of the road. And they've and they've elevated themselves. Yeah, South Carolina. In South Carolina. Florida. Yeah, yeah. South Carolina in ten and eleven won their college championships. Mm-hmm. You have Florida, who finally got over the hump in seventeen. You've got Vandy and Vandy, who Vandy's has been always. Private schools are always good at baseball. Well, 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 yeah. Well, the thing is, Vanderbilt, you know, they really came on strong lately. So, and on top of that, all the middle-of-the-road teams, that, or even the lower-tier teams, you look at Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky. There's really nobody you can run over. They're all good anyway still. Yeah, there's really nobody that's just a full-blown doormat that I can think of. Somebody out of the East, maybe? Well, even then, like, it's like, here's the thing. It, had, it had been Alabama, but then Alabama got themselves a good, decent coach. And yeah, they, they had did. gotten better. So, all of a sudden... Everybody is just kind of mid-tier and higher. It's just really hard to get over that hump because if you look at that record, you're going to sit there and say, man, we're a bad baseball team. But I would put us in almost any other conference and say, well, A&M's pretty decent. It's, it's, it's not the record, though. It's the end result. It is the end result. Yeah, because winning percentage doesn't matter anything if your trophy case is empty. Right. You know, so that's and, – and I get, like, we had a conference title here or there, but that's really not enough either. No, I mean, really – like I said, really, obviously, I think we need to be competitive in those conference championships. That It's not necessarily the most important thing on the planet. I think the end result is you, one, winning those Supers, getting to Omaha, and then winning Omaha. That's the big deal. Right, but by winning a conference, I mean, unless you're like the sleeper, you come out of nowhere to win your conference. Which, which by you winning that conference, you're going to earn yourself a higher seed than if you'd come in second in the sure. conference. Literally. So it's, oh, yeah. you know, winning those trophies kind of does matter. Well, they do matter. Relative to your seeding and regionals or hosting regionals or hosting Supers. And so it's, we should be having Supers in College Station a lot more often than we have. And the right. only reason Davidson came here is because Davidson had an amazing weekend the week before. And the and same deal with us. We got a really lucky draw in 17 with, with, yep. with U of H. I mean, that's the trouble. It's, it's so hard to gauge where you know, what needs to be going on with this program. I, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that as we go forward, Texas A&M does need to be in those in that level that we've been talking about. And, like I said, there's talent on the roster. The well, question is, will it get there? Well, and, and, and alluding back to the fact, you, I mean, we know how good the SEC is at baseball. Yeah. Okay, so if you're competing for and winning those trophies at, at conference level, yeah. I mean, where does that put you in the country, though? So, even though a conference title as a whole – you're like, ah, yeah, but those really aren't the trophies we want. But if you're doing that in the SEC, you know, it's, it's like football. Man, if, if you win in Atlanta, like, you People know you're notice. going to the playoffs. Yeah. Like, it's just it. You're yeah. going to the playoffs. So, you know, if, if you're winning, you know, in Hoover. Yeah. Or have, did they move to Birmingham or is it in Hoover? It's, it's still in Hoover. Hoover. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're winning the tournament in Hoover, that means that you can beat all those other teams in the SEC who, oh, by the way, are right. average to above average at worst. Well, and you look at 2016 and just what that season was to everybody. I mean, 16 was a fantastic season. We won in Hoover. Uh, just everything went right except for two weekends. Two yeah. weekends absolutely wrecked us that season. We got swept at Florida, which happens. Florida was really good that year. And then again. We, and again, and then we <laughs> lost two or three to TCU in the Supers. And that's unfortunate, but that's the way the ball rolls. You know, times. Right, but we're at least in it. Yeah, and that's right. the thing. Like, and, and that season, obviously, we're all upset, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of eggs that just absolutely hate. If they never knew TCU before, they hate them now. Oh, sure. But, but we were there. You know, you're there and you're knocking on the door. And that's what I expect from this team 
almost every season. And I get you'll have a down year and, sure. and rebuild or it's, you, know, it's, you just it's have a draft-heavy yeah. draft class. It's unreal to expect to be in a super right. 10 out of 10 years in a row, but it's realistic for us to be in a regional 10 out of 10 years. Right. No, absolutely. And the thing is... I would accept nine. And the thing is, Childress has done that. He has been consistent with the regional play. But the thing is, it's getting to that next level. It's, the next step is just... And, even, and when we've gotten to Omaha, we just basically gone so we could go to the gift shop, grab some stuff, and come home. Right. And, I mean, literally, when we were there in 17. It was a great time. I loved it. But, yeah, I mean, we... we could have loved it a lot more. But, you know, we roll in there and we, you know, drop two to... Louisville and TCU and go home. And that's not where we need to be. We need to be competitive with those teams. So I wanted to touch. You, you, you know yeah. how, how, how much different the outlook on Childress would be if we had literally just won one, one game, game in yep. Omaha. That would have made a One. Yeah. Literally. That would have made a. It, that dude we, would have another <laughs> 10 years with nobody worrying about it. Had we lost to Louisville and turned around and knocked TCU out, I think the whole conversation changes. The Absolutely. And you're talking about one game. And, yeah. I, and I get it because, you know, God, you spend the entire season where like one game isn't that big of a deal, and then it comes down to it, and I get it because that's Omaha, and it's either put up or shut up time. It's it's playoffs. Yeah, it's what it is. It's playoffs. Right. But man, all you had to do was win one. That's all you had to do, and you know it goes back to something I thought was a really interesting concept, and you know this is slight slight diversion from what we were talking about, but kind of as the postseason is set up, I thought this was a really cool idea, where all of a sudden all the weekends going into Omaha, do you know what those turn into? Those become three, uh, basically like three game set, and you're seated out, and you come in from the top at you know, like six. You know whatever your projected field is, you're playing a three game weekend, and another three game. You're weekend. talking about like adding weekends to the no, postseason? no, like no, like your postseason. It no longer is. Well, I mean, you would add a couple in there, but it would be basically as you see it right now, where it's like a bunch of people go to a spot and play a regional. You would host. You know, we would host like Southern Miss. And it'd be a three-game set. Or, you know, Ole Miss would host whoever, and it'd be a three-game set. And then it would just keep going, going, going until you made your top eight, which would be Omaha. Well, you're talking about an actual bracket. Right. And it, just a straight-up bracket as opposed to getting stuck in a regional. Which I think is an interesting concept, but, you know. I mean, yeah. it, it's not the worst idea. But at the same time, it, but I, I'm, think, a, I'm think... a firm believer that it's tough to really gauge how good a team is in a – in like a two-loss, you're out of the tournament kind of situation. A three-game weekend gives you, I think, a little bit more to kind of figure out who's who. Well, I mean, what? Eight go to Omaha, right? Yeah. Why don't you just put them in two pods of four? Yeah. And instead of doing, like, some sort of double elimination, you have some sort of full-blown round robin where you literally have, like, pod play. Pod play with a crossover. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of – look. There's so many different ways to look, play it. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to sit here and angle anything because we can't do anything with it the way it is now. Right. And all we have to do is win a game. All right. What? What? All you do is win what? That's fine. So, I, I get what you're saying, and I think there's a lot of tweaks that would make it fun. But at the same time, you know, again, remember that this postseason goes well into the summer after school. You know, well, it, the, as it and, does already. But, yeah. but you're talking about adding even more weeks on it is what I'm saying. And remember, and we talked about MLB, you know, Part of the reason people don't like it is because it just takes forever. Well, and you add two or three weeks on to college baseball, and you're going to see a lot of people drop off. Well, when I think you look at, I mean, really the college, whenever it comes to conference championship, it does matter because it's an automatic bid. So, I mean, who knows? I don't even know. But yeah, I, it does. And, and I don't want to yeah, I want to go too much on uh, from that. Anyway, uh, I did want to jump back into the schedule a little bit here and just kind of highlight 
the SEC portion of our the schedule. conference. Yes. Right, because I mean we can go over the midweeks all day. And it, I, it I think matter. I just showed you. We started off literally with the first series. You said Xavier. I'm like, I'm aware that they have a basketball program. So <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll just stick to conference. <laughs> I mean, I mean, other other than the Texas game being at home, which will be fun. Right. Um, yeah. We'll whatever. It's fine. So the problem is you get to go on the road and break in Florida's new ballpark for the SEC play. So and you know Florida's projected number one overall. So I mean, if we go into that series and take you know a game, I'm happy going on the road for Florida. And that's and that's what we were talking about. Yeah. You know, the ones that you look, I, I I understand being confident and really expect we expect to win every game we play. And next day is the new. You know, we only think about the next game. Blah blah. Right. But you're going to Florida, dude. If you think you're going to win three games, you're insane. Right. Um, if you think you're going to win two, right on. That's confident. You've got to scratch one. Right. You have to scratch yeah, one. We need to scratch one. And I think we can scratch one out of every series. Dude, we if do. you scratch one at Florida, think about what that tells everybody, though. Right. Like, hey, we just won at Florida. Right. And then we go uh, get to host uh, Georgia at home. And I think Georgia's actually they're kind of in the middle of the pack for the Georgia's East. Georgia's projected in the East about where we are. We are in the West, and they're projected. Uh, yeah, they're uh, we're we're projected fifteen three. They're projected fourteen and four. So maybe we're the same team in the West that they are in the East. But I would say probably a two to three for us in that case. I would say probably two to three to us on that weekend. Yeah, no, no, yeah, but just relative, like between yeah. the West and the East, right? Yeah, you because know, obviously the majority of their games will, will occur in the East, and they get to play the Missouris right. and the Kentuckys. Now and then uh, next weekend we get to go on the road to Missouri. Who, like I said, not people are expecting Picked much last. about them. Picked last. Yep. Picked absolute last in conference. So safe to say we should win that one uh, if we go out there and do what we're supposed to. Yep. Uh, then we get to host Alabama at home. That's going to be a big series for that, us. That'll, that'll be huge because that's one of those you need to beat the teams around you. Right. And and you hate to go into a weekend going, we need to sweep, but it'd be, man, big. It'd be nice. It'd, it'd be, be nice huge. going into Sunday looking for a sweep. Right. Yeah, exactly. We've taken care of business game one and two. Right. I can live with that. Not going into Sunday hoping to win the series. Right. Uh, then we get to go uh, on the road to Arkansas. And Arkansas, that's going to be a tough series. Building up. God, but, he's done so good up there. Yeah, Van Horn's just a great coach. He is. And he has built that program. Like like we said, he's never leaving. He's not leaving. <laughs> he's, he's given the entire state of Arkansas something to root for in sports. Because, I mean, what else do they have? Basketball on the off year. <laughs> but certainly not football. Okay, so so in the spring. <laughs> in, the, in the spring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally, the entire state of Arkansas is Arkansas football, Arkansas basketball, and Arkansas baseball. Yeah. And, and he's been able to take that program and turn it into something that, they man, they get behind. They do. And it's impressive to watch. And he's so, never leave. No. I so, wouldn't. Hell, no. I would. No. <laughs> so, you can go in there. If you can take a game out of that, great. If you can take two, wonderful. Um, see, I, see, I think that's one where you can – I think you can, I think that's a, a great test, early road test. I think yeah. you can go to Arkansas and sneak a, a, sneak a series win. Yeah, that would be cool. And that would be and that'd be solid for us. Huge. Uh, so then we get to go uh, host Tennessee here once again. One of those kind of middle low pack of yeah. in the East probably need to win that series. Middle of the East, but probably relative to the West, maybe man. So right, you need to be beating the Tennessees. You're not going to go in there and sweep them, but you need to win that right. series. Okay. Then we get to finally go to a completed duty noble at Mississippi State. Now, Still here, haven't been there. And, and I I want to go at some point, uh, just so long as they keep the. Cowbells in their back pocket, please. Yeah, my trips to Starkville will be few and far between for the rest of my life. Yeah, no, same here. So, I, once again, I would say tough series for us, but I will give us a lot of credit in the recent years. We have done well in that road trip. I don't know what it is about us going to Mississippi State, but we tend to not lose that series. It's weird. It'll be a test this year because it's be. where they're projected. Right. Solid yeah. team. Yeah, you're talking about a team that could be knocking on a super... Um, right, seating, you know, hosting a super. So. Right, 
So it will be a tough series, but well, and both the Mississippis, honestly, yeah, uh, you know, both both of those are they're projected one two in the West, right? So, so. that's that's legit. <laughs> It'll be a good series. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then we get to turn around and uh, we host Miss Ole Miss. Now, like I said, they're projected top in most of the seeds at this point. But you're at home. But it's at home. And the weather by then, in theory, it'll be toasty. It'd be perfect. It'd be yeah. perfect Texas weather. Yeah. For baseball. So that one could be a little wonky. I still think Ole Miss probably wins that series, but I, I, we scratch I, it out. I, between the Arkansas series and Ole Miss at home, I think those are two really big series mm-hmm. um, relative to if you can win those series. It, it's not just obviously where it puts you in the standings, sure. but where it puts you as a mindset as a team. You're like, right. okay, hold on. And especially if you maybe scratch one at Florida, the combination of those three things happening. Man, you're kind of heading into the schedule at this point now, starting in the meat of it. Like, right. shit, we can, I mean, we got a team. Right. And the thing is, you look at our last two series, no midweeks after those. Uh, you're going to sit there with Auburn on the road and LSU at home. And once again, you talk about those teams around you. Yep. And that's exactly where both of them are. And, you know, Auburn on the road. Well, an interesting test. And I think if you have to look at them, I'd put LSU above Auburn. Yeah. So if you, you know, Auburn away, get the better team at home, you like the combination. How the, again, you know, how the schedule sets up. Coming yeah. to Olsen's coming to Olsen, man. Right. And we're going to we're gonna talk about the facility specific to Olsen here in a second. Right. But I think, you know, when you, when you look at, would you rather be home for Auburn and away at LSU? So I think the fact that right. the way I'd it sets up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the way it sets up, you, you got to be happy about how that works. It, it did. And so, I mean. It's an advantageous schedule. It's not, it doesn't yeah. matter where you play Florida. Right. Yeah, Florida's <laughs> going to be good regardless. But so. you get to see the new stadium. Hey, exactly. <laughs> new if, ballpark. If, if you're part of that, if you're part of that road contingent, go enjoy the new ballpark. It looks nice. Uh, it's a really good. Yeah, there's no restrictions in Florida. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go for it. So yeah, I mean, and so you look at that schedule, and I think there's a lot of things that we could look at and smile at and say there's a positive there. The only real negatives, other than you know, obviously whatever about midweeks. But you're really your big tough test would be that Florida on the road. Everything else is winnable if you go at it and you attack it the way we can attack it. Well, and those are really my those are kind of my four data points. And I know sure. they're early, but I think by the time we get through the fourth, as a as a whole set, it's that round rock. Right. Um, it's the Florida series being able to scratch one man. Right. I don't care how you do it. Right. Um, and then that Arkansas series, I think it's big. I think it's real big. It's real big. And then uh, um, the uh, Ole Miss at home? Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the Missouri kept going through my mind. I'm like, Missouri's not important. Missouri's not important. But there's an M-I-S-S in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, the Ole Miss at home. Yeah. And, again, that's one where you scratch one. You need you have to scratch one in that. You cannot sure. get swept by Ole Miss. No. But, man, talk about maybe going into Sunday split 1-1. Yeah. It's a big so deal. again, those are four data points over a decent amount of the calendar to where then you look at the rest of your schedule like, all right, man, because then coming off of uh, what coming off of uh, Ole Miss, like who's next off Ole Miss? That's going to be Auburn. So yeah, so then you have that clearly a step down in competition, right? Even though you got to go on the road, but you know if if you somehow manage to win that Ole Miss series, but even scratch one and it's the Sunday one, so you feel good about it, right? Then you get to go on the road to Auburn. You you can go out and and, and feel good. And, yeah, maybe pound down on Auburn and then. Then everything is rolling right at the end. And, again, baseball, roll at the end, man. Don't right. be really every, good early. Every single time. I will say I would much rather be hot going into postseason than not. Every single time. Every every time we start like 10 or 15 or 20 and 0, we're like, we're going to be awesome. And then, and then we're you like, cool off. <laughs> what happened? That was 
March 3rd, you jackass. Right. It's like it was long enough ago, man. So, I mean, you want to see quality out of the beginning of the season. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you don't want to be hanging out, you know, dropping games to SFA. No offense no. to SFA, but where we are as a program, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. And so, <laughs> too bad we dropped it from the schedule this year. <laughs> you know, I'd say, look, I didn't say we didn't. I just said you shouldn't. No, but that's just it. It's like those, and that's the weird part about those wonky midweeks. And the thing is, we got a ton of good ones this year. Texas State's going to be a solid team. Uh, you know, and we get them twice. You know, then we're going on the road to Sam. There's a lot of those teams in there. Yeah, you know, we talked about expectations right. too. Yeah. You know what my other expectation is, and this may be moderately um, unreasonable because I see how it always plays out. You just sure. never know. But I don't think yeah, I don't think you should be authorized to drop more than one midweek game a year. And I agree with that. And, and, <laughs> well, the thing is, if you look at our program. That's where we've been at. I mean, we've done a yeah. good job with our midweeks I mean, compared to a lot of teams. Geographically, where where we are and who we play for midweeks, because that's really what dictates your you know your midweeks. Right. You shouldn't be dropping midweeks. No, I mean, and like I said, you get some solid good ones in there every once in a while. You get good U of challenges, H. but you still shouldn't lose. That's you U of H, Rice, Sam Houston's always a solid team. Texas State's good, obviously Texas. You know, those are all good teams. But I, don't, I see. I, I don't even put the Texas game in, into the midweek kind of conversation. Sure. Because that's literally just a one-off, fantastic little, at least some of us can get along it, so we it, can play. It's an absolute. It's a rivalry it's a, game. It's a money grab. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's I love great. that they play. I absolutely love that they play. I wish we could find a way to do the full-blown weekend series just every year. I right. really wish we could. And the thing is, if I could argue that, I mean, I think there's one of two ways you can go go about it and they've talked about it a lot the old way they used to do it it'd be a three-game series it'd be like one here, home away home i yeah, love it, it. Yeah, one here two away or flip it i think there's another way you can go about it and i like i said this is just me kind of blowing hair at this point but i think you do like one in college station one in austin do one in a neutral site make it a three because that's exactly how they do it at uh that's exactly how they do it for south carolina that's very similar to what they do, I think, with Florida and Florida State. So, I mean, that's not outside of the realm of possibility to do something well, it's, like that. See, I, I like the rotation. See, I like it where it's, you know, where you have one, one, and one, or one, and two. I right. like that because every other sure. year you have the home series. Right. So, you never have I all agree. three at home. No, but, but every other year you're still rotating. Just, but, I mean, right now it's a right. one off at home. You're like, right. no, on a Tuesday. I, and I think if you give us, like, the first, like, that last weekend before we get into SEC play every year. Where it's us. And they'd be gearing up for conference play, too. Right, like, exactly. Then that's your big series going into conference play. I think that's the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think I think you can do the rotation, or maybe you just do, man, this year it's here, this year it's there. Right. Again, it, it'll, all, it'll all even on the wash. But, again, that's that's to me, that's not a Tuesday game. Like, dropping a game to the Sips, a, a notorious blue blood, blue blood baseball program. Right. Like, that, that, that'd be like on, you know, on a Tuesday, we schedule the Astros. Like, right. It's okay if you drop that game. It's okay <laughs> if you drop that game. But and also with Texas, it's like, you know, I love because, you know, I, I interact with a lot of Texas baseball guys on, on mm. Twitter, and they're all great because they understand the game, they know the game, and they love it, and they know that we love the game. But there's, Baseball fans that understand the game are so much more fun. And they're fun. And one of the things I really appreciate about whenever it comes to those Texas fans is they recognize what that Tuesday is. They'll sit there and say, yeah, congratulations, Aggie, with a Y. You know, yeah. it's like you beat us in a midweek, but then we turn around and whip your ass in the in the postseason when it matters. Yeah. And that's true. I think if you get us in a regular mid, like a regular weekend series, that's huge. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. And I, and I love the rotation. Bro, it's, it's 90 miles, man. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, you could literally go, 
here on Friday, there on Saturday, here on Sunday. I mean, if, you could if you literally, wanted to. You really yeah. could do that if you wanted I, I think in reality, I think you do it like you used to do it. So, like, Friday night would be call station two in Austin, flip it. And I think that'd be fine. Just so you're not having to, like, oh, my God, you know, logistics trying to fly back and forth. See, but I think that's kind of the, the miserable, fun part of it. Yeah. And we have a flying bus. Hour and a half bus trip. Let's go old school. Right, Let's put them on some greyhounds. Well, that's fine. <laughs> so I did want to get into a little bit of facility talk, namely with what we've got going on this year. Yeah, and yeah, we got to keep it to Olson, right? Because there's been so much. We were talking about the arms race. I like you could start talking about a new one, and I'm going to have to Google it because so much has been going on with so many facilities across the country. I mean, between Florida's new stadium, between Duty Noble, between Bob, finished, and all just, of these are great so facilities. It's so much, but I'm just like, I, I, I mean, it's not like I sit around and research this stuff. I so. could look at the top level SEC stadiums, and you could pretty much put them on par with any AAA out there, and they're just as good. That's how scary good the facilities are getting. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I mean, I used to love going to AAA games. It's one of my, yeah. it's one of my favorite things on the planet. When you, if you live around a AAA. Oh, oh, I know. That's so great. Well, okay. and, and trust me, speaking of which, I'm definitely going to go down to a Skeeters game or two this year. Because, oh, yeah. because I love the Skeeters, and I, I used to work for them. I will require a hat. Oh, I need to go. They're yes, great. I'll require a hat. Okay. So. We wound up a bit in, I think, not so much me, but I'm fairly certain Rob has wound all the way. Remember those old toy cars that you wind up and you let go and it takes off? You get to the point where you can't wind it up anymore? I think that's where we got Rob with the Olsen facility seating at this point. <laughs> so, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm just going to set the stage and I'm going to let Rob go. Okay. I mean, I'm just going to set the lure and let him run with the line, bro. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to land a, a Rob Tuna here, but I'm just going to let him run with the line for, for however long. Oh, so I want you, cause, and I'll be honest, I, I, I don't know exactly how it's all going with because sure. I don't have season tickets and, and you know, I'm not right. a student, so I'm not, um, you all go to game. And I figured with COVID, I wouldn't even get a chance to get tickets. So sure. I really haven't looked into it. So that being said, one, break down the new seating down sure. the berm, and I understand. And also the new seating, how they're doing the season tickets. Sure. And apparently the outfield seating. So break it down, and then, I don't know, maybe we start with the outfield, or should we start in the berms with some opinions? Well, I mean, we could certainly. Well, we start behind the plate with opinions. Yeah, well, Although, already... look, the people behind the plate are always going to be the people behind the plate. Sure. Well, except <clears throat> except for this year when you had a guy that was had season tickets for thirty some odd years and didn't get them because of the the way the tickets worked. That's insane. Which is in yeah, there was a guy that literally had season tickets since '89 and he didn't get season tickets this Why year. Why do I know him? That's, you probably do. Aye. But but I digress. So, All right. So explain to us the new seating, okay. what it does with capacity, okay. and then I just want you to take off with the outfield. So at this point, what they have done is they have decided to put in. Uh, Temporary bleachers over both berms, both on the left and right berms. It, it looks like old Olsen. It does. Ah, bleachers bleachers down down the foul poles. Oh, bleacher creature shacked by the track kind of look. Yeah. So we have done that, and uh, those are going to be uh, season ticket holders. What they did was they reopened uh, the season ticket, like basically like the pool, and said, you know, have at it for however long. And it's still 25% capacity. So everyone's still going to be spread out in those sections, but those will be for season ticket holders on the berm. So the berm, so the berm bleachers are also basically extension of the season tickets. Exactly. And taking 203 GA out of it. So 203 yeah. is also... 203 GA does not exist. So that's all season. So basically everything that, that that's already permanent seating is now season ticket spread out. That is correct. Okay. And then, like I said, and then in addition with those extended minus bleachers. Minus that one guy from 89. Right, exactly. Yeah, minus that guy. So, <laughs> he's pissed. Uh, you know he is. Uh, so, and then once again, uh, both berms are going to be the exact same way. 
Then the outfield is quote-unquote section 12, which is for students who have a sports pass. Okay. Only. Now, now where in the outfield? Is it to the right of the green, in between the green and the bullpen? It's going to be right next to the visitor bullpen. So right center? So right center. Okay. Right next to the visiting bullpen. Nothing left center. No. And so, no, nothing left the center. So, and the thing is they're going to have students enter I think from the left center side to get around right to those there by the rack they're or not, whatever. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, by the rack. They're not going to let them come around the back the, of it. Yeah, yeah, the other side. So we've seen that. Um, there's no fourth uh, inning fill in like there had been in previous seasons where. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's obviously not happening. Uh, but my main concern right now is not so much the fact that I think outfield bleachers. It's not a bad deal. I think the idea of having outfield outfield bleachers is a good idea. In the long term, of some form of outfield seating, because that's going to keep you up with the Joneses as far as how everybody else does it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, uh, the way they have it set up, it's easy for them to do it. Our biggest issue is obviously the railroad tracks right, right there, but clearly it's not that big it's, of an it's, issue. It's far en- they're far enough away to where at some point you should be able to put in a permanent structure. Right. And, and I, I yeah. look, and, and I love. There's a lot of places I love watching baseball games from behind home plate. It's probably my favorite, but. I do love being out in the outfield from time to time. Sure, and so my thing, my big concern right now is not so much the fact that they have put in those outfield seating for you know what they call Section 12 with students. My concern is that they have moved them out there and they are going to keep them out there. That is my concern. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing. Now that you have moved them from the stadium, what's to say that they're not going to, you know, what's to say that they're going to let them back in to 202 and 203. We saw this a few years ago because what had happened was GA had gotten limited to 201, 202, 203, and 204. They cut that in half. They made 201 strictly for well, visiting seats as well as some season ticket holders. But then 204 became that. So all of a sudden, only 202 and 203 were GA. And now you've moved them out into the outfield. And even then, there's really not general admission tickets. So your normal guys that would show up to games, like myself, who just would go and get single tickets and go sit in GA, we don't exist this year. Yeah. So, you know, we have to buy regular tickets, go sit in the stadium wherever we can, or, you know, don't tell the facilities guys this, but we're going to try to maybe set up kind of in left field, just hanging out, watching over the wall, Kind of in the old Aggie Alley spot. I, yeah, I would, I would absolutely try and pull off some sort of Aggie Alley. That's, I, mean, I think we talked about this a couple right. weeks ago offline. Yeah, like it's got to be really safe and way that you sure. can prove that you can maintain it. Right. Um, and and here would be my counter, and it's just hopeful for you. Yeah, hopeful. Yeah, hopeful, hopeful for this situation. Um, one, uh, well, I'll tell you. One, I think. Uh, this is this this is definitely an athletic director. It's an AD kind of decision thing. Sure. And so far, I, I feel like Ross has done very well. I agree. And so I feel like, and and this is because I have a lot of confidence in him doing his job. Sure. I feel like when it comes back, even though Ross isn't an ag, he has already under had come to the understanding of just the importance of really every kind of fine little point about you know every Aggie sport and how things are set up and right. the things we do and I think he's taken that into account when he's made decisions to maintain traditions um, that he didn't always know about but he's now learned about and loves so my hope is, yeah, and, is and, and honestly and again I think there's at least enough of a track record with him to show that he's going to be there to make the effort is that it will go back and right. my other hope would be is to get rid of the stupid berms anyways and put it friggin 
bleachers. So here's what I have been told at this point is probably going to happen. And this is nothing... Like permanently get rid of the birds. Say, yeah, yeah, these are nothing, nothing official, nothing whatever. But here's what I have heard is the likely plan. So they've talked about, you know, at this point we're going to see a completely enclosed Olsen field where you will have a walkway path that goes all the way around. Around the backside. That's not so. Okay. <laughs> well, well, and, well and, what I, and what I'm saying is you will have like a section that would be basically over, like kind of short porch, uh, similar to like uh, Crawford Boxes over at over in Houston, where a little bit of a short porch over there oh. left. And that would be right next to the bullpen, and people would come out from there. Uh, then you would have uh, basically grills that would line in front of the scoreboard, like little boxes out there. Huh. And gets in on there's top just, of it. There's just not a lot of room out there. I'm just I'm I'm sitting here well, thinking about how much grass is between that street and the back of the fence. Well, I mean, they're they're gonna go I mean, they're gonna extend to where they need to extend because there's plenty of room if you include that parking lot. They they've got the room. And then what they wanna do is put on the back side of the batter's eye like a train station. Right? So it's gonna kinda look like it's a train station look. With with a track that runs next to it, and the idea would be you have like a flatbed car which would have outfield bleachers on it. And so you would have outfield seating out there. See, and, and here, <clears throat> and here's, and again, nobody asked me, and I'm currently not in the uh, uh, athletic director employable world because I have no experience. Sure. But just based off what I've seen, um, <clears throat> I think <clears throat> I would knock out the berms, <clears throat> put, in I per- agree. put in permanent bleachers. I don't and that would be the other part of it. Like Those yeah. would become permanent Burns bleachers. Berms got to go, put in permanent bleachers. The big little, the little green monster out there, mm-hmm. you can have bleachers on either side. You know, make sure, you have to maintain the TV camera stand out there, but that's fine. Right. But you, on either side, but I think when it comes down left field, I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be really stressed to do stuff out there because the observation deck from the wreck that's already been built. So I, I think your options over there are limited. But I think the stuff between the on the left left center and right center need to occur. The berms need to go. I think two hundred two and two hundred three need to stay the same. I agree. Um, and then I think everything on the berms should be student seating, both sides, but, all those bleachers. I think everything in the outfield should be student seating or GA. Right. And the thing is, I think you you gain more from that. But at the same time, the other thing you have to argue and you have to understand is that they the athletic department needs to make money off of this. That's what I'm saying. Add seats. Right, they do need it, right. Because when you add in, you know, if when you're adding, because the berm, it's already like GA student stuff anyways. Right. Put in actual bleachers so you know how many you can sell. Put in the bleachers in the outfield. Just This is just from a simple standpoint. Right. Left center and right center. Yeah, you have to put in some access points, but again, that isn't really that difficult. Right. And then you can sell the GA... If you keep 202 and 203, and then you open up uh, the the new bleacher berm, sure. what used to be the berm seating, Whatever it's gonna and be. the outfit, and all of that is student and GA1, I think you'll see a little bit more of a student turnout because you'll have a bigger crowd. Yeah. You'll have more seats available. So I think you'll have more kids want to sit out in the outfield and kind of pay attention to the game but enjoy the sun. You'll have the GA and students down where the berms were. You'll have 203 back where it was. Right. And, again, you're not losing any – season ticket revenue that you already had. Right. And that's what I want it to be. And honest and I really do want it that way. Now I've run I've run the deck down the left field pole all the way down over the bullpen. Right. Well and all of that can be season tickets. I will show you what I'm talking about here afterwards because like someone sent me some examples of what they're looking at doing. But yeah, now I think there's some expansion plans that don't involve 
killing the atmosphere as it stands. And, and, I, and that's what I want. And I think and I believe that, that Ross Bjork showing what he's already shown right. you know, towards Aggies and towards A&M and, and just listening and, and really truly listening. He's not just saying, right. hey, give me your opinions, and then he turns and does the opposite. Right. He really listens, and he's really done everything that he can yeah. to maintain the spirit of the 12th man and the spirit of these athletic you know, facilities and competitions across the board. And so you have to think that something as important as baseball, which he certainly understands oh, coming no doubt. from where he came from. No doubt. I think the sanctity of Olsen, I, I think he will do everything in his power to keep that intact. And if right. they can make some sort of Crawford box on the left field, bro, those are all season tickets. Right. Because people will Let chew have those it. up. Yep. I'd they chew will. them up. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, there's a lot from a program standpoint to be really excited about as we go. But as we go forward, I just think it'll be a really interesting baseball season. Do I think Rob Childress gets canned after the end of the season? I don't know because we're not there yet. Yeah, we, we haven't thrown a pitch yet. We haven't thrown a pitch yet. <laughs> not, not even a warm-up. No. Here's, here's what I think happens. I think we end up around fifth in the West. Sure. I think we end up in a regional. Yep. And then I think from there it's really going to depend on what I saw out of my four data points. I'm not lying. Right. Because those, I think those four play into how we play out the back half of the season. I agree. And really the back quarter of the season. So if, if, if what I'm looking at goes our way, then I think by the end of the season we go and we absolutely win the Auburn series, maybe sweep it. LSU comes here and we win that series. Right. And you have that momentum at the end. You go to Hoover. You kind of got that momentum, which has maybe seated you a little higher. Maybe we end up fourth in the West. Right. And so maybe we're in a little bit better see a little easier run than it could have been. Maybe you make a little noise in Hoover, sure. but maybe not enough noise to where you have to burn your pitching staff heading right. to a regional. Sure. Because if you don't have, like, if it's a crappy thing to say, if, if you don't have the team that you think can truly win the conference, like, if you bow out in the quarters, it's like you got nothing to be ashamed of. Sure. So, I mean, if you can make it to the finals, you do. I mean, you don't rest people just because you're worried about a regional. No. I mean, this is baseball. I have plenty of time to rest. You have an entire week. Yeah. But – I think um, I think a regional is an hundred percent imperative. We don't make a regional. Rob's gone. I agree. I, yeah. I think if Rob if Rob misses that floor, he's gone. And, and I think you're talking about a ten to eleven of what the 13, 14, 13, uh, 14. 14, excuse me, fourteen teams in the SEC yeah. uh, are going to be in a regional. That's how good the conference is. So yeah. if we finish fourth or fifth yeah. in the West, like don't fret. I'm about to say, in reality, it'll probably be eleven. I mean, I said, I know it's said 12 or 13, but in reality, we're I think it'd be 10 11. or 11. Yeah, right. so, somewhere in there. So, I, I, I we're, we're going to, you know, come hell or hard water, barring something crazy, I, I feel we'll be in the postseason. I think we're going to be in a regional. Right. How some things play out, I'm like, obviously, I'm always an optimist when it comes to maroon and white. Me too. Could we host a regional? Things would have to fall our way, but not fall our way. Things would have to occur. We would have to make things happen. Maybe that's right. a better way to put it. Right. No, we, we would absolutely have to make things happen. And I'll tell you what, that round rock trip is a great start. It is. Because maybe those teams aren't quite on their game yet. You go up there, you sneak some wins from some teams that turn out to be phenomenal. Yeah. You know, two Big 12 teams can be amazing. And Auburn, in your conference, you know, you scratch a win against them. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know, going against them later in the season, you know you've already beaten them once. Right. And it didn't count, you know, it didn't count conference, but you played that team. Right. Um, so, it I'm, I'm excited for Aggie baseball because I'm always excited for Aggie baseball. Me too. Um, I am hesitant to make any massive predictions no. because there's just a lot of unknown. And the unknown starts on the bump. And, and that's a concern for me only because Rob Childers is the pitching guy. Right. And when the concern is on the bump from a head coach who cut his teeth as a pitching coach and who has brought so many phenomenal pitchers through, it, it's, it's hesitancy. Um, 
you don't know what you're going to get, but you kind of trust that Rob's going to have, have somebody. Right. So I, it's just going to, I'm going to have to see it. I'm going to have to see somebody on the bump outside of the Friday night guy. Right. And, and to see them kind of put together a handful of games. But right. I'm excited because it's Aggie baseball. Me too. And, and I'm excited. I, I, I think we'll be okay. I, I think we're, you know. Yeah. We might win a couple games this year. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just kind of wrapping up here, a uh, couple things we got going on. Uh, played Hurricane Harry's last Friday. Oh, yeah. I saw all the pictures. And, and didn't you get, like, bumped or something? Somebody screwed your car? Or was that a different night? Yeah. No. That, well, that didn't happen that night. It happened another night. But, yeah. No, some dude hit my car at the tap. Didn't leave me out? Well, here's the funny part. The dude was inebriated and then drove back because he left his jacket. Oh. And CSPD grabbed him. Oh. After I called them. <laughs> see, see the, same, the same people that don't leave notes are the same people that don't put their shopping carts back. Yeah. It's like, come on now. Yeah. Use your brain. So, we got that. Um, well, if you don't drive drunk, that no, would have solved all that problem. Please, yeah, please don't do that. Uh, so, yeah, no, we're good, man. Um, at this point, like I said, had a good time. Uh, got some good news coming out, hopefully, here soon with the band. Good. Uh, so, we'll keep rolling with that, but... Good Bull should be open on Saturday. Yay. My my general manager has had her car literally stuck in ice, like under shade, under a tree. Yeah. So she, like, yeah. No. Uh, so, she had no, so tomorrow we will, we'll, be, we'll be back open tomorrow. Um, and then not this weekend, obviously, just because everything that went on. But we'll be doing, uh, we do smoked chili dogs every Saturday at the nice. restaurant. Yeah. So um, I got a phenomenal chili recipe I use and I'm going to. We'll, you know, get it smoked up, and and uh, I can get Aggie dogs. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, because uh, Reed Fields, um, which is Rafinos for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're the ones that, su- that I think they supply the Aggie dogs, so I can call them Aggie dogs, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Right. So we're doing smoked chili dogs, uh, you know, chili cheese dogs, whatever. So we kind of do ballpark food on the weekends, but cool. other than that, man, um, I got some stuff kind of moving in the background right now. Same here. But uh. You know, if it comes to fruition, y'all find out. But hey, I hope all you guys are thawed out. Yes. I hope everybody is safe, and I and I hope um, you know any repairs that y'all are having to do. I, I know it sucks, but just just bear down. If there's anything we can ever do, contact, reach out to us on Twitter. Please. You know, if if it's not here locally, even if you're in another city in Texas, maybe we know somebody that can help you out. So you know, just continue that Aggie network and helping each other out. Yeah, be sure to follow uh, Roy May uh, Roy May fifteen on Twitter. Yeah, and uh, Robert underscore White fourteen on Twitter. Yeah, I have all the hot takes. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't and of course yeah, if you guys need anything from us at all, give us a holler. But we appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, beat the hell out of Xavier. Yeah, yeah, the baseball program. Yeah, beat the hell out of his right <laughs> off. All right. Oh, yeah, and uh, beat the hell out of Tottenham. Yeah. Amen to that. Giggle. Giggle.